It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Coming up on this edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast, Chase Young speaks as well. So does Jason Wright in somewhat controversial fashion. And as well, what else did we see on Saturday afternoon at FedEx Field during the preseason opener? That's next on LOC. Come with us. Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Uh, good to have you with us and welcome to the Locked On Commanders podcast. We want to welcome you guys in. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms. You already know this, but we'd like to remind you anyway, including YouTube and the new WUSA 9 Plus app. That's right, your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. has a new streaming app that's a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Download the WUSA 9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. No matter how you're joining us, again, we appreciate you and for making us your first listen and or your first watch of the day. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 in the Washington, D.C. area. You can find it Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time or anytime live, free, and on demand on the Odyssey app, as you can, this podcast, the Locked On Commanders podcast. My co-host David Harrison will be back on the next edition. He's been on special assignment in Tampa. He normally covers the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can check us out on Twitter. David is at dharrison82. I'm at Russellmania621. Not just Commanders, but a lot of Commanders. And the podcast at LO Commanders. All right. So we did a quick post-game version of the Locked on Commanders podcast from FedEx Field on Saturday evening. So we're not going to necessarily go into all of the stuff that we saw yesterday because we covered a bunch of the big, big, big picture items, such as Carson Wentz's day. Uh, we'll have a little bit more on Sam Howell here today. Uh, on this edition, uh, we talked about Brian Robinson. We talked about Antonio Gibson's fumble. So if you missed my immediate reaction, big picture thoughts from Saturday's preseason loss, please go check out the last episode before this one of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Pretty easy to find. It's uh, titled Carson Takes Command. Uh, so you can read or see all about that or hear all about that on this particular uh, episode. What I did want to do is, is concentrate on the news that is circling around the franchise, and there's plenty of it, but also some of the other things that I picked up by going back and watching the game uh, over again. A couple of things. I, you know, I, I didn't see Jamin Davis a, as a big factor on Saturday, but one of the first plays that I actually saw when I was went, watching the game back that jumped out, he absolutely shot a gap. 
uh, and help blow up a run that ultimately Derek Forrest uh, and Jonathan Allen cleaned up. But it was really Jamin Davis kind of shooting the gap, right? Now, Jonathan Allen, we mentioned him. I saw a couple of clips, right, a couple of coaches' film clips. I mean, he was just unbelievable. <laughs> just That's all there is to it. I mean, just pushing people around like rag dolls. Uh, he beat one, the left guard, Michael Jordan, not the basketball legend, uh, but Michael Jordan with a club move, a swim move, uh, and just got to the quarterback. Uh, Jonathan Allen appeared very much to be, you know, on his game in terms of keeping the pressure and the dominance from an interior tackle. By the way, Jonathan Allen, number 88 on the NFL top 100 list. So congratulations uh, to J.A. Meanwhile, uh, there were a couple of other plays uh, that I wanted to kind of single out. Look, the defensive line, I, I thought there were some really good things, right? Deron Payne uh, was able to run free with James Smith-Williams on one. They got a pass knockdown. Uh, both of them, again, just penetrating off the left side of the defense and really coming in kind of scot-free. Uh, Carolina didn't pick it up for whatever reason they had. Maybe they blocked down. I don't know. Uh, uh, Fedarian Mathis, the second-round pick, uh, also had a couple of moments where you say, oh, you know what, that guy's pretty good. Guy's pretty good. Boy, did he push the pocket, and man, did he also hold his own in run defense. One particular play where he just shed the tackle and he engulfed a runner uh, for Carolina, early third quarter, one-yard run. The problem was, if we're being honest, on that particular drive, there was at least four or five times where the second or third team defensive line, kind of depending on who you were looking at, mostly the second team guys, they were pushed off the ball. They were pushed off the line of scrimmage. They were controlled. And Carolina was physical. And they handed it to them. There were too many times that that happened. Doc Walker pointed that out on the broadcast. He wasn't wrong. It happens. I saw guys just get blown off the line of scrimmage, but that's kind of a backup offensive line for Carolina on a rebuilt offensive line. Um, so that wasn't great, if I'm being honest with you, right? Um, you know, listen, it, it can happen at times, but even Ron Rivera said the speed of the game for the second team unit and specifically in the second half was a little bit too rich for them. They weren't expecting that. They got caught off guard by that. I don't know if he's talking about at the line of scrimmage or not, because there were plenty of, again, good plays as part of that one drive. I mean, Casey Tuhill had a big pass rush off the left edge, uh, and Daniel Wise blew up uh, the quarterback, I think it was late in the first half, uh, for his sack. But then there were a couple of times where Tuhill and Wise and I noticed this again on that first drive of the third quarter for Carolina where they just got pushed back. Again, it's going to happen. They get paid to play, too. It's just something to kind of keep an eye on because this team can't have a major regression in terms of stopping the run. Kind of like how they had in 2020 where they were much better against the pass but not as good against the run. So those are a couple of the things that I wanted to, you know, again, I guess point out from the start. I went back and I watched a lot of Sam Howell, right? 
Uh, and Nikki Javala, the Washington Post, put up a, a couple of clips uh, that you can see on my Twitter, at WrestleMania61, and then I commented uh, on that. It was three consecutive plays from the coach's, uh, you know, camera or view or, or film or what have you. Uh, and one was a 27-yard gain to uh, Carrick McCowan. Uh, and one was a 17-yard uh, passing play, the next play, to Marcon Michelle. And then the next was a 17-yard touchdown run up the middle. And it was three plays in a row, 27-17 and 17, bing, bang, boom, right? Obviously, that's what you're shooting for. What I loved from Sam Howell in those three-play sequence is how he manipulated, or it seemed to me, how he manipulated his eyes and manipulated the safeties to look off coverage to find guys that maybe weren't his initial read. To hold, he was facing two deep safeties, to hold them there so that they couldn't converge down and squeeze down, that they were basically still having to honor their coverage. And that tells me that his eyes were selling where he wanted to go somewhere different than ultimately where he wound up. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. I'll have to talk uh, to somebody that knows more about that, but that's what I saw. Uh, and, again, a couple of big passing plays, totaling 45 yards or so, and then the 17-yard touchdown run. One other thing that I wanted to point out, uh, McGowan, who we mentioned, had the 27-yarder. That was kind of on a deep dig. It, maybe it was an intermediate dig. Kind of depends on, on how you kind of look at it. But he got about nine or ten extra yards by breaking tackles and dragging guys and carrying guys. I haven't seen a lot of him. I honestly didn't really know a whole lot about him. But that one play was pretty darn impressive. Now, his kickoff returns, eh, Ron was pretty pissed off about that, quite honestly. Uh, him, uh, and uh, I, I'm not, I I can't remember who was Alex Erickson uh, who had the other short one, but there were a couple of kickoff returns where they didn't get to the 20, and I know McGowan had one of them. So that is certainly, again, something to keep an eye on, something that the head uh, football coach was not very happy on. Uh, but again, with Sam Howell on the touchdown run, the 17 yarder, he had a little pump fake to hold and hesitate and freeze the, the, the linebacker who was the only guy who could get him right up the middle of the field. But again, it was two deep safeties and he sees the whole middle of the field open up and he takes off. I thought Sam Howell played a pretty smart game. Even on his first series, he had a couple of screen passes. You know, he didn't get a first down, but he got rid of the ball. He recognized the blitz. These are all the little things that you're looking for out of a young quarterback, right? I mean, it just is. So um, the other thing that I, I kind of thought was interesting, and I said, just look through my notes here, Danny Johnson um, – he had a couple of really strong tackles, but he was playing way off coverage. On a fourth and one, Danny Johnson had tight coverage in the route, and P.J. Walker, the Carolina quarterback at that point, should have run it for the first down, but he fired it late, and Danny had the opportunity to blanket his receiver and get off the field on fourth and one. So that was uh, a key little thing for me. Uh, in addition uh, I would say this, Stephen Parker, a safety, again, don't know a whole lot about him, number 16. Boy, did he have a big pop on P.J. Walker as well, so much so that his helmet came flying off. Also, rookie Percy Butler was in on a couple of pass breakups. That was good to see. Um, 
you know, and, and, and again, the Washington defense, not good enough on third down. We, we know they struggled early in the game, but as you pick apart the some of that, that long touchdown drive that I was mentioning, uh, early in the third quarter, gave up a couple of third downs there. So they're going to have to tighten that up. Of course, that was a huge problem last year. Uh, especially early on in the year. So those are some of my general observations uh, that I didn't get to on Saturday's post-game uh, brief episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Just wanted to pass those along to you. Uh, David will have a chance to obviously watch a little bit uh, of the game. I know he watched it actually live, I should say, uh, but have some of his own thoughts on the next episode uh, because he will be solo, so you'll get kind of his spin on what he thought of Carson Wentz and Sam Howell. And again, if you missed the big picture takeaways, go back to the previous episode, uh, Carson Takes Command. Uh, is how it's labeled, and you can check out, again, on Carson Wentz, Antonio Gibson, a little bit more of a visceral reaction from Sam Howell, so on and so forth. All right, coming up on the Locked On Commanders podcast, guys, we are going to get to all of the other news surrounding the organization, and boy, it is a lot. We are getting there next, including how you can be involved in picking the mascot. Yes, And the new fight song, that's next, right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, guys, it is Chris Russell with you, and this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Talk about a time when life throws you a curveball. Did you have somebody that could help you talk you through it? Yeah, I've had plenty of those. I have them pretty regularly. I think we all do, right? And it's always great to have somebody, especially a professional, uh, help you deal with and navigate the twists and turns. It's important uh, to show up for yourself through it all, right? Life's not easy. We know that, right? BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist because there's only so much friends can do in less than 48 hours. They'll be able to find a way to tap into a way to help you without being a crisis line, so you have nothing to worry about. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online in the comfort of your own home, virtually, video. You don't have to use the video if you don't want. Some people are a little bit of camera shy, but they will make sure that you have the best session as many times as you need it. You don't, again, have to be on camera. Uh, you can be on your tablet or your phone or your laptop. It's really, really easy. It's called BetterHelp. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp's a great way to invest in yourself. Visit their website uh, and read their testimonials that are based and posted every day. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they've been recruiting additional therapists to join them in all 50 states. So if you're looking for some work, you might be able to do that if you uh, have a professional therapy experience background. All right, so here's what we want you to do. They have a special offer for Locked On Commanders listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at better, H-E-L-P. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell with you right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast as we start you off a, a new week. Thank you for making us your first listen and your first view of the day. So you may have seen this Saturday if you're at FedEx Field, and you've probably seen this online. The Commanders want you, yes, you, to be a part of their selection process for their new mascot, which they're not going to unveil until the end of the season I believe it's against the Cleveland Browns on New Year's Day, which would be week 17 of the NFL season and game number 16. But they announced on Saturday four ways that you can vote for the theme of the mascot. And they put it up on the scoreboard and, you know, some of it is self-explanatory. You can vote on a historical figure, a superhero a dog, or hogs. Hello, hogs. That's right. Here's how you're going to vote. Go to commanders.com slash HTTC. That's commanders.com slash HTTC. And you're going to vote on one of those four choices. So I guess those are the four finalists, right? Dog, superhero, historical figure, or hogs. Now, a lot of people have thought, They should go kind of like with a hog in military gear uh, on maybe a tank or something like that. Maybe that's where ultimately they'll go once hogs, presumably, get selected. That's got to be the clubhouse favorite, the odds-on favorite, right? Uh, Maybe if BetOnline was doing odds, you know, hogs would be, you know, minus, I don't know, 200? somewhere in that range, because I think that's where everybody's going to go. I could be wrong, but I think that's where everybody is going to go. Uh, So you can, again, be a part of the voting process. It's going to be apparently layered and, you know, throughout the year. uh, I don't know how else they're going to add to the voting process, but you'll figure it out as we go along. We'll keep you updated. Again, commanders.com slash HTTC. Also on Saturday, we heard the new version of the team's touchdown song or celebration song or fight song. Of course, it used to be hail to the former NFL team name of the Washington NFL franchise that we're not allowed to say. Now it is hail to the commanders, except when they unveiled it before the game, apparently there was a problem I haven't quite gotten the whole story, but they didn't play it after the first Washington touchdown of the day, the first ever Washington Commanders touchdown, Brian Robinson's rushing touchdown. They didn't re-unveil it, and it was with different lyrics slightly after the second touchdown, after the first of two Sam Howell touchdowns. So basically, in case you didn't hear it yet, the song goes along with the melody of the old song and, and, and has some of, some of, and many of the same lyrics, right? But the tune, the tempo, the, the way it sounds to your ears, the first thing I thought being in the press box at FedEx Field, and I, 
really care about any of this stuff. I'm a football guy. I'm not a song guy. I, I don't care about jersey colors. I don't care about any of that. You guys, I know a lot of fans do. I, I got to be honest with you, I don't. I mean, I cover it because I think you guys are interested. Uh, but honestly, it makes no difference to me. I'll call them whatever they call themselves. I, I'll, I, I care about the color jerseys and the shades and the tints. It's all nonsense to me. But I cover it because you guys uh, and my fan base are interested in it, right? But the song sounds almost like a New Orleans jazzy type throwback, right, in terms of the music. Again, they almost slowed down the tempo. It's like in warp speed. It was weird. It was interesting. But it was weird. I don't know if they're going to adjust it moving forward. They have until September the 11th to re-unveil it. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, but the third line of the song, as you may know, was chosen by a fan vote, again, of two options. And it'll be, quote, fight for our commanders, uh, which will be followed by, you know, basically a more traditional, which is part of the old song, fight for old DC. So um, Joey Colby Bogovich met with reporters before the game on Saturday uh, at FedEx Field and also uh, mentioned, you know, not only about the new fight song, but apparently they've scrubbed 1,800 re uh, references to the old team name and put some wall art, which I've seen all over the place, and did some different things to basically spruce up the place as much as you can, um, and that's what they basically did, along with new club seats and uh, kind of terrace-level type seats uh, at FedEx Field to kind of, again, jazz up the place a little bit, quite honestly, which, trust me, it needs, and it needs all the time. Now, if only they can figure out how to stop having gates fall down on opposing quarterbacks uh, or fences or uh, sewage pipes and all that stuff, that would be great. But, I mean, that might be uh, too much to ask for. I'm just teasing, Jason Wright, if you're listening or watching this. And, hey, if you are, we're going to talk about you next. That's coming up on the Locked On Commanders podcast right here as we wrap up shop. But first, we tell you again about our friends at Bet Online. That's right, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find out all of uh, the information for all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You need help and information on Major League Baseball, the NFL preseason, NBA, NHL combat, sports, esports, and more. Bet Online will be your home for all of your wagering info, podcasts, live in-game betting, scores, and more. Head to Bet Online today. Maybe you want to plunk down some early money on the commanders on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you might want to take the commanders plus the points because you know Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City are going to be favored even though it's just the preseason. Arrowhead, the site, Kendall Fuller's return. Uh, maybe throw down a couple of dollars on your favorite football team, the Washington Commanders. At Bet Online, where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, guys, we finish up the show with Jason Wright. He spoke to the media on Saturday as well. I wasn't able to attend uh, because I I got to the stadium late and some traffic, what have you. Uh, This was more, right, like the Daily Beat reporters because there was a controversy on Friday, but, uh, you know, what what have you. Um, He said, amongst the the many things that he said, that he feels the new stadium – will be ready for when the team transitions out of FedEx field when the original lease expires in 2027. Despite all the recent setbacks, as you may remember, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, there was a tabling of a bill that meant they didn't vote. uh, And there's the FedEx 2.0 property that they already own, but they're not getting any help to construct it, so on and so forth. Uh, You know they really want to build ideally in Virginia, but they may be stuck in Maryland, uh, again, near the current site. They're not going back to RFK, even though that uh, came up. He said, quote, I think we'll still be able to hit our timeline. This according uh, to multiple reporters who had that quote. Quote, it's going to take hard work. It's going to take hard work. We definitely have to be at full sprint and pace, but we'll get there. Listen, I don't know what any of that means other than, hey, it's mid-August 2022. If I'm wrong, well, I might not be here at that point, number one. Number two, if I'm wrong, nobody will probably remember it anyway. I mean, he has nothing to lose by saying, yeah, we think we're going to get there. We're hopeful. We've got to put in a lot of hard work. I'll believe it when I see it. I think that timeline is going to be hard to hit. Not impossible, but really hard to hit. Uh, Also, Jason Wright set off a controversy on Friday with Scott Abraham of ABC7 in which he absolutely blasted Scott Abraham for his interviewing of Carson Wentz and the questions that he asked. And basically when he said that Indianapolis and Philadelphia had gotten rid of Carson Wentz and he called it unprofessional, uh, among other things that were, you know, pretty harsh for a team president. And I like Jason Reed, uh, Jason Reed, Jason Wright a lot. Uh, and I would tell him this, uh, personally, I haven't seen him. Uh, so I would tell him this personally, but he was not backing down on Saturday. He basically said they had to defend our guy, quote, defend our guy. I wonder how much of Jason's feistiness with Scott Abraham, who is not a bad person in any way, shape, or form, uh, not really a stir of the pot, if you will, but asked pretty fair questions, in my opinion, um, maybe could have answered it, postured it a little bit different. But I wonder how much of that is the frustration that Jason is feeling from not being able to sell enough tickets and the amount of tickets that they were hoping to sell and want to sell, even though even though they keep saying that they sold all these tickets and the season tickets 
uh, are higher than ever or higher in, than in years and uh and and they that, that they made more sponsorship revenue and all of this stuff uh that Jason kind of alluded to and said that's all great that's all great i hope that's the case but remember they were coming from a really low bar they were Lowest or 31st, depending on how you look at it and depending on who did the studying and how you view the analytics. They were coming from basically the bottom floor. So, of course, they had nowhere to go but up. I'm not trying to diminish what has happened, but I'm also trying to point out that maybe they're not as advanced in ticket selling and club seats and season tickets as you might think they are. And that's just a guess, but that's pretty logical speculation. They announced a crowd of just over 44,000 on Saturday at FedEx Field. Now, remind you, if you're a season ticket holder, which is what they want you to be, you have to buy that game. That's tickets sold. That's not fannies in the seats. There was probably 20,000, maybe, maybe at FedEx Field on Saturday. They announced 44,000. If they announced 44,000, it stands to reason that they don't have more than 44,000 season ticket holders. Not that anybody would expect them to have that many, but it would stand to reason that that is logically the case because, again, you have to buy the one preseason game this year or normally two in years past and two again next year. So we just have to point that out, right? Um, we'll see when we get to week one, September the 11th, how excited people are. And I think that was part of the frustration from Jason Wright. All right. We will have more throughout the week. Again, David will have a solo episode uh, coming up as he makes his return. Thank you again, Commanders fans, for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Now make the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast your second listen and view. I'm the intellectual fantasy expert, Benny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves that no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Again, David will have a solo episode coming up. Then we'll be back together later on in the week as the Commanders get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and Arrowhead Stadium. If you want to hop in, 301-615-3577 or LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com. For David, who is covering the Commanders on special assignment for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Matt Hurst Show on the Team 980. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.